Hi everyone, Hillary here. Before you listen to our first ever episode of Dear Fandom, I wanted to address, on behalf of myself and Megan, Joe Rowling's recent trans-exclusionary tweets as of today's recording. Having recorded this several weeks ago, we touched upon Joe's problematic views but did not acknowledge them fully. We condemn Joe's words and hateful rhetoric, and are deeply disappointed that she would use her platform to promote even more hatred at a time when tension and hatred is at an all-time high. I'm personally crestfallen that I have given so much money, time, and energy to someone who, while integral in shaping my childhood and much of my adolescence, has proven to be someone untrustworthy with the precious devotion of many queer and trans fans. That all being said, we hope you can enjoy our take on the Sorcerer's Stone. If it makes you feel better, we do roast it quite a bit. Love you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Dear Fandom Podcast, where everything you like is terrible. And that's okay. I'm Hillary. And I'm Megan. And today we are talking about everybody's favorite boy wizard, Harry Potter and the terrible woman who created him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally like, is this a roast of Lily Potter starring Hillary featuring Megan, who isn't that familiar with Lily, but I'm ready to beat on what I assume is someone who dies within the first few pages of the book. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert, you're right. No, I was talking... I I was referring to... uh, I was referring to Joe Rowling, but you know, we can hate gingers on this podcast, too. Let's let's take a stand. (laughs) Megan's like, and the the woman who created him, and I'm like, man, that's a lot of hate for a woman who died protecting her son, but okay. (laughs) Listen, you know, mom's uh, mom's gotta go. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, God. Uh, all right, so how familiar are you with Harry Potter, Megan? So I have watched all of the movies. Like, the first one I think I've watched, like, I don't know, maybe like two or three times. And then I played a game for uh, Windows 2000 uh, oh, based yes. on the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone book. And that had a lot of information in it, like how to do an Alohomora spell, because I was very good at those spells. I thought they were going to count a lot more as I continued reading, and they did not. So uh, I wasted a lot of my time in the first book, and I was like, okay, I got all the spells down. I, like, wrote books and, like, wrote, you know, pages of stuff. And then I got to, like, book four or five, and I'm like, these spells aren't as important anymore. <laughs> no, then you get to, like, Sectum Sempra, and I'm like, oh, shit's getting real now. Um, yeah, we're I don't gonna... know which one that was. To be honest, I stopped at level one spells because I was like, ooh, this one unlocks doors, and this one holds up big giant gloves above trolls heads so that's really all we need in terms of like importance important levels you know things i don't need to lift and doors i don't need to open so we're good it's because with harry potter spells it's kind of like it kind of goes from like unlocking doors lifting stuff doing basic household chores to severely injuring people and there is no in between (laughs) just murdering we just we there's such a level i feel like in terms of like regular weaponry and like the real world so like you have the equivalent of like you know uh, what was Avada Kedavra is like uh, an AK forty seven, and then like <laughs> and then for like no that's a fun, of that's like a- Wingardium Leviosa's like hey this is me slapping you with across the face with a white glove. <laughs> like, I thought with like a fish because a fish. I mean yeah that's that's fair. I mean because mostly children slap children across the face with <laughs> the fishes. You know. Yes. 
Um, so, so, you know, like, a fair about, like, the amount that most people know about it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, Harry's like... Harry's one of the characters, I think. Yes, Harry, Harry is a boy. He is who becomes a man. Um, <laughs> he's not a man, not yet, wait, damn it, fuck. He's not a I boy, was, not yet a man. That's exactly what I was going for, and there I'm like, go. I'm gonna nail this joke, and I didn't, man. <laughs> no, you know what, it's okay, we're, we're rolling with the punches, it's the first one. It's okay. So, right, okay. um... A little bit of background on... Uh, I'm a Harry Potter freak. I am horrible. And a, I'm a mongrel when it comes to it, truly. Um, I will sit with Megan and watch the movies. And something will happen. And I'm like, they didn't include like this particular part that happened in this page of this book. And Megan will be like, I'm just trying to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Though sometimes, like when we get to like the later movies... So we're talking like six, seven... 7.1, 7. 7. 7. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll be like, so wait, who's that bald one in the back over there? And you're like, give me a name, background, bio, birth, date of birth, uh, what was astrological time. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I just wanted to know, like, is he going to die, like, within the next 20 minutes? I want to know if I can get emotionally invested. But you're like, no, no, so let me tell you about this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a lot. It's it's a especially when you get to the Death Eaters because I think the movie is just like here's Draco, his parents, here's uh, Bellatrix and the gang. All right, we're here. <laughs> Scooby and the gang, guys. All right, so um, Joanne Rowling, uh, our Lord and Savior, for better or for worse, was born on uh, July thirty first. That's an important date. Um, 1965 in uh, Gloucestershire, UK. Yes, I did pronounce that correctly. And um, she led a pretty like normal life. You know, she, she grew up and she eventually became a secretary for Amnesty International. So she had like this this like lush life like up until her like mid twenties. And so she's on a train from Manchester to London, uh, which are both in the UK, and it's delayed. And she's sitting there and she has this idea for like a skinny boy he's got glasses he's got black hair and green eyes and he's half indian and (laughs) (laughs) that's a fan theory and um he doesn't know he's a wizard and she searches for a pen and paper to write this down and of course like every single writer ever whenever you come up with a brilliant idea you don't have jack shit so she's stewing over this idea for like four or five hours and starts to write when she gets home she lives in like the London area. And uh-huh. over the next five years, her life like changes substantially. Like she gives birth to her first kid, Jesse, who is thanked in like all of her books. She gets a divorce from her shitbag husband. And she goes from living this like sort of great middle class life to like this like she basically is like on UK welfare. And it's yeah, very, yeah it's very much like a rags to riches sort of story. But she- that, that I did know. Um, I don't know much about Joe Rowling in terms of, like, her history. All I do know is that very famous story of that ha- the first few pages of Harry Potter were written on a napkin in a chip shop somewhere. Yeah, basically. So, um, and that that's absolutely true. Um, so she finishes, she writes the book over five years and, like, starts shipping it around to, like, publishers and stuff. And, like, eight people reject her. They're like, really? Like, boy wizard? Whatever truly like a Decca record situation where they're like the Beatles they'll never make it and (laughs) (laughs) so Bloomsbury finally picks her up and they're like listen Joe Joe if we can call you Joe um boys aren't gonna like you because you're a woman and we really want our young male readership so can you like change your name 
And she's like, I can do initials, I guess. I don't have a middle name, so I'm just going to fake a middle name. Is that cool? And they're like, cool. That's awesome. Cool. So J.K. Rowling is born. And the book is published in 1997. And it wins, like, 50 billion awards. It's, like, instantly successful. It, like, shoots to the top bestsellers list. And Scholastic, Scholastic picks it up. Now... In the UK, the book was published under Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. You're pretty familiar with mythology, so do you know what the Philosopher's Stone is? The Philosopher's Stone, because of my extensive knowledge watching uh, Full Metal Alchemist. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary's like, not this episode. (laughs) Not another time. So, um, based on all of the times that I've roleplayed as Alphonse Elric, because, like, who doesn't like a large... Okay, I'm sorry, we're going off on topic. But the Philosopher's Stone um, can change something into gold. Air? I don't remember. No, it's like shitty metal, basically. Okay, and it can transform it into gold. I don't... And that's the only thing that I really remember, is that it has... Like, at least according to FMA. Because I remember watching FMA after seeing, uh, you know, Harry Potter and reading Harry Potter, and I was like, well, this is different... Um. <laughs> well, no, it's essentially that. You're absolutely right. It changes, like, like shitty, like, crappy metals, like mercury, lead, into, like, silver and gold and precious metals. And through that, it sort of is, like, creates an elixir for eternal life. And it has been, like, you know, it's very highly sought after. People think it's real because, you know... People also think the flying spaghetti monster is real. I don't know. So like, I, you know what? Sometimes you just gotta believe and hope, and, and it will never happen. But you know, we all gotta aim for something. Some people aim for a rock that makes gold happen, and you know, other people aim for like stability in life. We all got problems. <laughs> <laughs> Some people want two point five kids and a dog. Some people want like <laughs> some just people want like, half a baby. Just half. <laughs> No just, more. Just have a baby. <laughs> I was going to make a terrible joke, but we're not going there today. Not, so, not yet. Um, no, they don't no, know I, us well enough today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, what's it called? So, you said 1997, because my first memory of Harry Potter is uh, it was about to go on summer reading, like summer break from fourth grade into fifth grade. And I graduated, so this was, I guess, 1990. Oh my god, was it 2000? It was 2000 into 2001, I guess. Mm-hmm. No. No, 1999 into 2000. So that's horrifying to say out loud because then you realize that the year is 2020. And By like, the way, I, guys, we're old. So, you know. <laughs> it's so bad. For, like, I'm like, no, 1999 was a normal year. It happened like two years ago. Um, so it was 1999. It was the summer of 1999. You know, all fourth it was graders the getting lit as shit. <laughs> And my teacher had our summer reading. And back in the day, um, for fourth graders, it wasn't like assigned summer reading, I guess. I don't know. I went to school in New York, and our principal was the brother of like some head up in the Department of Education. So they were like, all right, whatever. Um, but they had like 30 copies of the Wishbone books and like four <laughs> copies of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And every kid was like, I am not reading whatever that thick of a novel is. So, you know, kids grabbed the Wishbone books. And then I grabbed a Wishbone book and I was like, it's fucking stupid. I hate Wishbone. And and I I was like, I want a challenge. So I grabbed my soft cover copy of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which I still, well, technically my mom has it now, but uh, it, it was the first one I read. And I like, like just finished it very, very quickly that summer. And, uh... It was really amazing, but it was, you know, I think it's just it's, the way it started was, fuck Wishbone, I don't like this. Like, 
Um, yes. Scholastic kind of had that sort of attitude when it came to the title of the Philosopher's Stone. They were like, fuck a Philosopher's Stone. We're Americans. You think they took a huge fucking bong rip and were like, listen. 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 What are we talking about? Is this is Socrates going to be giving us this stuff? No, these are wizards, so therefore they're sorcerers, which means that I'm going to get Mickey Mouse up in here, all right? We're going to have some dancing brooms. The kids are going to love it. And, <laughs> yes, so they changed it to, uh, like, as you mentioned, you know, Sorcerer's Stone, which means fucking nothing. And it's no not, lies. Like, it's not philosophically, it's not philosophically linked to anything because they were basically like listen american children are dumb <laughs> i want to say some horrible like they weren't wrong <laughs> no you're right like i left that silence for you to say well, you know <laughs> i mean i've seen some of the people i grew up with and who they became but you know we're not gonna go there <laughs> oh god i saw a girl um a girl i went to elementary school with who's um who's having her second kid and in her hashtag for the kid has a grammatical error in it, and I just want to cry. <laughs> I think the real thing we should be crying about is that she created a hashtag for her child. <laughs> Listen, it's common. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't. It's just, you know what I feel like? Like, when you talk about, like, hashtags in relation to literally anything. Like, when I had to create one for my, um, Mike and Maya's wedding, I was like, all right, this is going to be 38 characters with 16 ampersands. And... <laughs> Listen, you know, like, whatever works. I mean, exactly. what's interesting, though, is that um, there were no such... Th a hashtag was literally a pound symbol on the phone back in the 90s when Joe wrote this. I know. These books are set in the 90s, even though she wrote them well into the 2000s. Um, yeah, the, the reason the book you, like discovered the book in like 99 was that like it didn't really hit like library like children's library bookshelves until 99 because that's when it was on the bestsellers list oh um, okay yeah it was published in the states in 98 like it was in the uk in 97 states in 98 and won like 50 million book awards and was like oh this is amazing she's so good and but everyone's like mm, those last chapters though um, <laughs> <laughs> she's like listen so <laughs> um so yeah, uh, that's like a brief synopsis. Uh, she's now like one of the wealthiest people in the world. She was once a billionaire, but has given away most of her money to charity. She also just keeps saying stupid shit on Twitter. And I really wish like her assistant would just be like, listen, no, no more phone for you. <laughs> I, I've changed the password to your Twitter. You're not allowed it anymore. You have to <sighs> prove you're responsible. Okay, Joe? <laughs> half, of, half of her mentions are like, please shut up. Please shut up. <laughs> One time, Dumbledore really enjoyed pegging. <laughs> Stop it, Joe. This is for children. Man, imagine if, like, C.S. Lewis could do that shit with the Chronicles of Narnia. Just, like, come the fuck out of nowhere and be like, guys, so Aslan wasn't an analogy for Jesus. He was an analogy for my drunk neighbor who would pass out on our front lawn and then wake up after three days of no eating or drinking, and we were all amazed. That and you're is... like, that's horrifying, C.S. What's going on? <laughs> I, I, I personally think that C.S. Lewis was just a giant furry, but, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just goes off on a tangent. Um, but, but, yeah, uh, so with regards to, uh, like, the story of Harry Potter, it's, I mean, the first, the first book is a 
beautiful, you know, like, it's it's very self-contained. And I remember watching the movie and leaving the movie theater, what was it, like, 2001 the movie came out? Yeah, and, yeah. And leaving the movie theater and going, I have high hopes for this franchise. It's great. It's, oh my god, wow. They even went to the end of the year when Hagrid's saying goodbye. Aw. And now and here then. I am. <laughs> I remember after I left the movie theater for, like, the second and third ones, I'm like, they didn't even go to the end of the year. What's happening? <laughs> I demand some closure. And uh, also probably the, the constant changing of directors. I will say, though, that out of all of the Harry Potter films, uh, Chris Columbus directed the first one, right? Uh, the first one, yeah. So, so Chris Columbus directed the first film, and Chris Columbus has also directed... Did he, um, did he direct Chicago as well? Um, he, I think, I think he directed Chicago and he also directed Home Alone. And it okay. has a very Home Alone feel to it. It does. I'd say it's very, like, it's, it's just such a, it's so warm, like, the, the lighting is warm, the, the, you know, the, the introduction of the kids is really good. Um, I mean, I remember watching the movie and, like, Emma Watson as Hermione was, like, perfect in terms of, like, the way she acted and the way her hair was, because I was a kid who believed that brushes were torture devices sent from my parents to try and get me to brush my hair. Um, and I had, like, very much a hair, like, that, that Hermione did, which is very bushy and frizzy and just, I didn't want to fucking touch it. So, like, watching Hermione, and I was also very much like a, um, excuse me, uh, in that book that we read, you forgot this one part, and, like, I would correct the shit out of kids, and everyone's like, I hate you, Megan. And I'm like, thank you. <coughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I thought that Chris Columbus, I thought the Chris Columbus uh, movies, uh, or particularly the first, like the Sorcerer slash Philosopher's Stone movie, um, was like, were the strongest in terms of like continuity and sort of including everything that was in the books. Um, yeah. I still maintain that Prisoner of Azkaban is the best of the movies, and I know you don't agree with me, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> you're allowed to. You're allowed to. You're allowed to be wrong sometimes. It's like totally Thank cool. You. Thank you. I mean, I think that's because uh, Azkaban was my favorite. It's so crazy because I remember like, but like, you know, being a 14 year old, and, like setting in stone. Azkaban is my favorite book. Went to see the movie, and I was like, this is crap, and I hate it, and I've sworn off Harry Potter forever. And I can't even remember, like, what about... I think it was mostly that I was just, like, really banking on how hot Sirius and Remus were going to be. And then they were just like, did you mean men in their 40s? And I was like, no, I didn't actually. Not, not even a little bit. Nope. No, that, I did not. <laughs> and that was, that, was the whole, that was the whole problem with um, the casting of the films. Because uh, they tried to be like, hey, teen sex is bad. And, like, not cast 21-year-olds as Harry's parents, which is, like, bullshit, because Harry's parents died when they were 21. And um, it says so on their headstones. And in the, like, Snape is, like, 35 when he, spoiler alert, he dies. Everyone knows it. Sorry, it's... <laughs> uh, if you didn't know, there will be spoilers in this podcast. Oh, my God, so many. Um, I, I don't believe in keeping things not spoiled. See, but that's the thing is, like, I was willing to accept that Snape was an older man in in uh, Philosopher's Stone, like the movie, because Alan Rickman just had a flair in which he would just like, you know, like that fucking cape, that that swagger, that attitude. You're like, man, I don't even know who you are, but I love you already. 
I, th- I thought he did a good job. I just like I am a purist and would li- would have liked all of the like Marauders age people to have been younger. Like, oh yeah, I mean Peter Peregrew looked like he ate sand for fourteen <laughs> fucking years. <laughs> Pettigrew, I said Peregrew. Man, Pera- I'm, a, I'm I'm a great fan. Everyone, I've watched this movie so many times. Yes, you're like your knowledge of Harry Potter is so fragmentary, which I fucking love because I can like absolutely infiltrate your brain with my opinions and like saturate it. And it is super good. Yeah, it's great because I will send you like random Harry Potter memes and I will be like underneath. Is this funny? And just send it. Um, By the way, guys, we're we're BFFs in real life. We've known each other for like a million years since we were children. And now we are both. Way too old. Not children. (laughs) Way too old to be doing anything. Like, Megan's like a real married person. I am a human being. How? (laughs) We're doing it, man. We're accomplishing the dream. Staying alive right now. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to do, like, a brief rundown of, like, my understanding of how I interpreted the book as, like, as an adult, like, revisiting it as, like, a child. And feel free, please interject. Because I I say some, I I think some stupid shit. So I mean that's just me on like a daily basis. Uh, but continue. <laughs> okay, so the movie begins like with a dark suburban street, and that is not how the book begins. The book the books almost always begin with the Dursley family, which is um, Harry's aunt, uncle, and cousin, who are all really terrible people. They're essentially like. For any of our UK listeners, they're like UKIP Tory, like awful humans. So they definitely like advocate for like like tons of xenophobic actions and like beliefs. And um, Vernon goes to work and he's like, he sees cloaked people celebrating in the streets and they're like, oh, you know, it's a great day. Muggles like you should be happy. And he's like, what the fuck is a muggle? And um, he goes home and there's his cat in front of his house and his cat is in front of his house all day and he's like okay so he goes back in his house and at night um this old man who will be important later comes and says hi to the cat he's like what up cat how's it going and the cat turns into a lady and (laughs) they say i love this this being like there's an old man and a cat and they'll be important at some point later on (laughs) who knows how many pages or books but they will be (laughs) there's there's so many goddamn characters guys so (laughs) so um so uh all day um the woman cat woman the cat woman um, has been observing the family and she's like, dude, are you, are you sure you want to leave like this little kid who is about to arrive via badass fucking motorcycle with a giant, um, with these people? They're awful. They're terrible. Their, their kid is like an abomination and a disgrace. And, uh, Dumbledore's like, mm, you know, that sucks, but it's gotta be this way. That's something that I think I will n- now. I'm <laughs> now I'm pregnant currently and expecting our first in September, and I can't imagine that like now. Yes, truly, like in terms of like you know next of kin type situation. If you had a if you had a son and you passed away, your son would then go to to your or your husband's next family members, and 
Lily, you know, it would make sense for it to go to Lily's family, but if you have, like, let's say a CPS worker just sitting outside to, like, observe the family and make sure they're okay or whatever, and then being like, yeah, so I'm pretty sure they're gonna beat this kid every day, and then, like, the head of the CPS agency being like, man, it could be worse. We could raise him in our world, and he could be rich and famous and completely spoiled. We can't have that. He's gotta be abused for 11 years straight, all right, Minerva? So shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> That? Okay, wow, that was a real rough take, Albus. Okay, all right. Well, okay, I'm just gonna... Can we just make a note of that in his file? Because I just want to make sure I let you know. Okay, great, yeah. Albus. I yeah, that is you. like... See you later. Bye. That is huh. like a scorching hot take. <laughs> so, <laughs> molten lava, so... <laughs> no, and that was... I can imagine getting tweeted at, excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> that, and the, the thing is, like, Harry comes via... Harry arrives via, you know, Hagrid, this giant man on this motorcycle who belongs to a character who will be important later. And um, he, they, they plop him on the doorstep with a note. And they're like, hey, you know, it's a baby. You should take care of the baby. And um, as you said, that actually segs really well into my next point. Ten years of legalized child abuse later. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, so that he was raised between 80 and, and 91 is when the, the events of the first book are taking place, right? Yeah, it's 81 and 91. So, um, yeah, he was basically a little kid. He was born in 1980, so he's like on the Now, tail. I cannot tell you how well abuse was handled in the UK as compared to the US, but for, like, most of the 80s, everyone's like, listen, you gotta teach him rules. And most of those rules are with your hands and mental abuse, obviously. Who listens to children? I mean, they're not important. They're not going to be anything. And then they all grow up with severe anxiety and agoraphobia. And you're like, ah, mm, that abuse was probably a mistake. Eh, well, it already happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the most unrealistic part of Harry Potter is that with, with all of the shit that Harry in like encountered as a kid is like, I mean, well, he is not the most adjusted adult, you know, because he only knows like six spells. Um, it's it, He could be truly much worse. He could be like... Hey, so I'm gonna go and get drunk in Hogsmeade for a week straight and see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that they don't show it's it's very strange how like throughout the books they don't show necessarily like Harry's like the most resilient, like well adjusted kid, and it's like you don't think he'd be like slightly scarred at all from the years of abuse he endured. Like Yeah, because he like, was treated as he was as if he was subhuman. Exactly. So, like, especially, like, in the book, so after, you know, he's ten years later, and now he's in a ten-year-old, and it's almost his birthday, and then he, you know, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when he meets That's Draco fine. for the first time, and, like, Draco's just the most fucking obnoxious piece of little shit child in the world, and he's, like, saying this stuff... Like, if this, if this book were written and, like, said in 2011 or 2020 or whatever, instead of, instead of the 90s, it, it, like, this kid would have fucking jumped at Draco, choked him out, and been like, I don't like you anymore, Dursley! And, like, everyone had been like, uh, that's Draco. Are you okay? What's going on, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you doing Harry, calm down. Breathe, breathe. It's okay. It's okay. You doing good? <laughs> <laughs> instead, he's just kind of, like, very removed from the whole thing. He's like... Yeah, whatever. I'm, you know, I think I'm famous. <laughs> I think. I think so. I, I uh, think. I don't know. There was a lot of gold in a vault. Vern Troyer was there. I'm not sure anymore. 
So I think, um, so despite the fact that, um, yeah, despite the fact that Harry's, like, enduring this abuse and, like, is somehow well-adjusted despite this, um, he, his magical powers are manifesting themselves. And this is making his family, like, well, his, like, family, quote-unquote, like, freak out. They are not cool with it. They're like, oh, shit. He goes on, um, he goes on a family outing with, um, with his, uh, with the fam to the zoo and accidentally lets out a snake and everyone's freaked out and he gets punished for the rest of his life. So, um, on his birthday, <laughs> I just, which... Feel, I just want to say, like, at the beginning of every, like, the first few Harry Potter books, there's, like, Harry does something big and stupid and he gets punished for the rest of his life, a.k.a. the next 12 pages. <laughs> Seriously! There's, like... <laughs> There's just like he is like completely well adjusted and fine. There are no fucking consequences for his actions. Just it's 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 almost the equivalent of like I'm I'm truly surprised that the Dursleys like for as much as they hated him like continued to put up with his fucking shenanigans for as long as they did because they were like you let out a snake in the in, and he almost attacked our son. Now you're gonna sit in the under the stairs cupboard thing forever. Up uh, now I'm gonna put bars on your windows and up oh, you've. Ruined ruined the siding of my house and that will be a punishment too as soon as you come home in 16 months <laughs> yeah i think that um <laughs> i think that um like i think that they uh stayed like they let him stay because petunia felt so goddamn guilty about like harry I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah. Petunia is, 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 I know this is like a, a weird side question, but so Lily's supposed to be 21 when Harry passes, when she dies and Harry's transferred to her sister. How much older than uh, Petunia, how much older is Petunia than Lily? Um, I really should have prepared for this question, but um, I... Which is going to take some large, wide guesses. <laughs> okay, fine. so it's not a big age difference. It's something like two to four years. It's not big. So, so like, definitely children that would have grown up like going to school together. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's kind of implied that like um, Vernon is a few years older than Petunia is, and Petunia is a few years older than Lily is. So like Lily was like, so like Petunia was like maybe twenty five, twenty six when Lily died, and Vernon would have been like thirty possibly. Yeah, v Vernon would have been like thirty, thirty one. These are my favorite kind of questions to ask about Harry Potter because I just feel logistically, like, as I get older, I'm like, okay, all right, I'm 30. All right, I have a kid. My sister has just, you know, died in a horrific, horrifying accident and her child has been passed to me. Okay, I mean, I didn't even know my sister was pregnant. There's a whole bunch of, like, you know, stuff going into this, but then you're like, okay, so how do I then, in the meantime, like... Because that's the thing is Harry is related by Petunia, like to Petunia by blood, not by like, oh, this is uh, the adopted kid of my sister and now I have to take care of it because she died. It's more like this is this is her. This is his legitimate aunt, as in like this is somebody who, if his mother were alive, would have been like, oh, I got you a sweater. You looked cold. It's nice. It's from uh, it's from uh, Caldors. Go get it. <laughs> like, like this is the kind of thing like, yes, everybody has like an asshole aunt. But I think at the end of the day, like, you know, your aunt's still your aunt. Even if even if they're a bit of an asshole sometimes, they're still going to love you and care about you. And, like, the movie is just like, yeah, man, Petunia would truly throw you off of a train if it meant that Dudley got two seats. <laughs> yeah, she would truly, like, for, like, maybe, like, a sausage and egg sandwich, she would absolutely just throwing you to the wolves. Yeah, man. Uh, just, just a deep dive into the into the psychology of Petunia. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
So yeah, uh, it's his birthday, Harry's birthday, which is July 31st, because we love a self-insert character. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, like, were I to write a giant, like, best-selling novel series, I would absolutely give the, the main character my birthday. Fuck yeah. Yeah, That's- and I think it also helps in terms of, like, uh, you, it, just because, just, I know this sounds like such a kid comparison, but you always hate, like, I always, my birthday's uh, right around Memorial Day, so some years I'd have my birthday off from school. And when you're in school and like elementary school, middle school, you want your birthday to fall during the school year because you want people to know it is my birthday. I am older today. Please celebrate me as you must. And, uh, and you know, having a birthday at the end of July, you've completely lost that. You don't have your schoolmates around. You don't have your friends around. I mean, and Harry, he had neither of those things. Um, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's very interesting. I think for me, like to think about how children, always like you know summer birthdays suck until you're 20 and then you're like this is the best (laughs) (laughs) yes um well i mean you know i um i completely understand that feeling i am born the day after christmas and i it's a a rough i think that wins the case of like i don't ever get to have a birthday party because you know christmas (laughs) i was i was snowed in for one birthday (laughs) Mm, that's fun I mean, to, to be fair, I feel like if uh, if anybody's comparing birthdays, Harry's like, uh, I didn't have a birthday cake until a fat giant sat on my cake. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Like, Harry never had a birthday party. Harry was abused. Harry was like, um, and things, then, things did not go well for him. And then what's it called? The, the place that Hagrid took him to. It was like a shack on like a, like a rock island, right? That was like, you know, 30 feet wide or something like that. Yeah, no, um, the, uh, the Dursleys first go to a hotel when the, all these, cause all these letters start arriving and they're like, oh, hell no. So they escape the, they escape to a hotel and the hotel concierge is like, hey, this is for you. And the exact address of the hotel, including their room number and like mm-hmm. the bed that Harry is sleeping in is like, <laughs> or like on the floor, um, is there. And then they escape to an island. Yeah, the, the, the sort of this coastal island in the middle of nowhere, because England has like a bunch of those. And um, Hagrid like finds him, of course, because, you know, they're like, listen, you're you're a wizard. And Harry, of course, does not know he's a wizard. And uh, you're a wizard, Harry, which it does, it does not happen like that in the book. So. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's it, it may not have happened like that in the book, but Robbie Coltrane saying that just led to like I think a good like decade and a half of memes of just like people going you're a wizard Harry or like you're a Harry wizard or like (laughs) just many many offshoots um but yeah okay I completely forgot that they uh that they all go to this weird offshoot okay yeah that seems normal and well adjusted they all they all go to this island and um uh Hagrid's like all right you know I'm going to leave y'all here and like deuces. We got to go. So he takes, uh, he takes Harry and it's not really there. They, they get off the Island in some way. Like I, it like a logical way. I don't remember how I think it's a boat. I don't like, I'm so, I'm so terrible. I should have done like, like the most Monica Moore of research. I can tell you that no Harry Potter fan is going to be like, excuse me, you didn't include the fact that they got off the boat. Um, they got off the island, and then there was a train, and then there was an actual automobile involved. Because if th- th- there's a thing between like enjoying something in a fandom and then obsessing over it to the point where it's lose it loses all of its fun. 
Uh, you can't, you can't, that's the thing with Harry Potter is it's absolutely fun to like theorize and be like, you know, oh, how did Harry react to seeing that his parents had left him what was the equivalent of uh, the country of, the, the former country of the Czech Republic and just being like, here it is, like, here you go, kid, $16 billion, all for you. And then an 11 year old going, huh. All right, I'll take 16 gold coins. Um, I want candy. Because it's absolutely something, like, you know, to play with that idea of, like, so what happens when you have obscenely rich parents and those parents die and leave that child a fortune? That's fun. But if somebody's like, okay, so I've done a deep delve into psychology and children who are left large fortunes who are then uncovered at 11 years old all become mass murderers. And I'd be like, well... Just send me those links. I'd love to read them. But <laughs> yeah, it's that's actually a really interesting thing that's explored like later in the books when we meet Ron and like like they go to Gringotts together and like Harry like stretches his body across like the massive fortune that he has so Ron doesn't see the fact that he has a fuck ton of money. Like that's a thing that happens in the book. I can just imagine Daniel Radcliffe like laying down on top of like a bunch of gold coins and being like, "You don't see this, right, Ron?" And then Rupert Grint being like, I, "I, I clearly have eyes. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. This goes back three and a half miles. <laughs> there, there is so much gold. So, um, yeah, Harry collects his sixteen gold coins or whatever, and like they go shopping, and um, there's uh, Ollivander's uh, wand shop. Uh, since 82 BC, which is why, why are you making wands in 82 BC? I don't know. Were wizards alive back then? Did they exist? Um, or were they allowed? So wait, just give it time. Joe will release another book. Release history another- of magic. The real history of magic. The fake real history of magic. <laughs> Prehistory of magic. <laughs> and um, Ollivander is like this crazy dude, and uh, he's like here, choose this wand. And they choose, they like go through a fuck ton of wands. And then he gets this wand and, um, you know, it's his wand. And they're like, you know, this wand was, uh, this wand was shared with Lord Voldemort or you know who, or he who must not be named or what everyone's calling him. So Harry's like, wait a second, who's he who must, who's Lord Voldemort? And everyone's like, (gasps) Like, that's one of my favorite things from the book is that everyone doesn't say his name. They're all very, you know, superstitious that if you say Voldemort, it'll it'll make Voldemort appear. And Harry, not grown up in the wizard world, is just like, who is Voldemort? Like, because he hears he who must not be named. And as an 11-year-old kid, he's just like, well, names can't do me harm. I mean, children used to go in the mirror at 3 o'clock in the morning, turn off the fucking lights, light a candle, and scream Bloody Mary into the mirror three times to see if they died. So, like, children have no fear they don't believe death is real (laughs) and harry potter just confirms that theory i just want to say yeah exactly like he's kind of just like i don't get it like he tried to kill me boo like i don't like what (laughs) like he tried didn't work though (laughs) didn't work though um yeah so um god so so uh it's explained it's explained to him you know like like, this is the wizard that tried to kill you and your family, and you're the only person who has survived this curse. And Harry's like, okay, that's cool. That's weird to know. Uh, now I have a longing for my parents that I have never had before. It's weird to know that my parents <laughs> did not die in a car crash. I I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. is like I think uh, when you come to like some horrible realizations about your parents, 
this is this is my this is my one thing is that so like the philosopher's stone is just in general like as a book and a movie it's beautiful it's very introductory it's very like okay here's each class here's each professor here's each friend of harry's and they're all very like this is this person this is this person this is the villain this is your friend this is a good guy this is a bad guy and and like some are more ambiguous than others though i'm certain that any child who read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was smacked in the face with the book and went, Snape's going to kill everyone one day. <laughs> um, because it was just very much like, you know, it was almost subtextually that like when you read that as a kid, you were just distrusting of Snape and like absolutely were like, well, McGonagall turns into a cat and I have three cats, so I have to trust her. <laughs> um, like, and it's just interesting. It's just because this, this, this setup is a very, very solid solid foundation for this universe it's just it's just like like it was it was just i think for my 11 year old ears eyes and mind it was it was just this absolutely engrossing it it was our equivalent of lord of the rings except it was it was more accessible to children than lord of the rings was yeah exactly like uh lord of the rings kind of i actually i've tried to read lord of the rings several times and i think the reason that harry potter appeals to me so much is because of its readability Lord of the Rings, like, J.R. Tolkien's, like, writing style is very inaccessible. It's, like, nine pages of how hobbits have hairy feet. Hairy feet hobbits have. have hobbits have hairy feet. Did you know that there are feet on their hairs? I don't, it's, like... <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 you're right. It is an absolute, like, kind of, it's, so with, with, uh, with J.R.R. Tolkien, he tried to create this mythology, this mythos of you know uh, middle earth and, and all this stuff the different races and he was he was you know he was playing with a hand that had not yet been created yet he was playing with a deck of cards that he's drawing as he's fucking writing it and uh with with joe rolling like wizards were something that we were all familiar with we knew what magic was i saw uh siegfried and roy they made tigers disappear it's great <laughs> um, but, <Stop>! but, <laughs> but this creation was just so much more about children because it's not to say that like frodo wasn't a kid i don't have no idea how old frodo is i mean his grandpa was like what 111 or some shit frodo's um, uh, the frodo's like 35 man what a young young 35 he what? is i will yeah. drink his blood um, but but it's just it's just really interesting because with harry potter like in general so you're, you know these are the first few chapters and you're leading up into this and you're just i mean for for a viewer of a te of of the movie, it's just hard because you're like, oh, get through it, get through it, get through it. But for like our parents, for instance, who could who went with us to see these movies, um, who didn't really read them because they were like, oh, these are kids books. Um, these were like, you know, Ramona and Beezus. Like we don't need to read these books. These are for children. I can trust that they're going to stay for children. And then they'd come with us to the movies. But even the movies did a lovely job at setting up the kind of environment that Hogwarts at least was and like the wizarding world was and it's it's just like thinking about it back then you're like wow they really shit on a beautiful fucking foundation didn't they man <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like it's it's just like because i remember like when the ghosts were introduced and i was like sitting there shaking my mother and i'm like mom it's nearly headless nick and like now at 30 i'm like mom it's john cleese <laughs> i know because as children like we don't i mean i recognize john cleese from monty python but like it's still i like fully you also have a welsh was... father so it's a little different it's a little different, from Staten island your 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 mother's from Staten island so um but like 
I, they really did shit on the foundation. It's so weird. And like, as we sort of draw to a close, because I thought we'd get through the whole book this episode, but that's not happening. So we're going to continue on to an next, another episode. I, but no, but okay. I think it's good. I, I think it's good because, you know, you, especially like with a, with something like as big and expansive as Harry Potter, you can't be like, all right. And then Quirrell here. And then there was a troll in the dungeon. Did you guys know there was a troll in the dungeon? Troll. I don't fucking know about that. Um, uh, yeah. And just because it's, even though it's not a big book, it is the, it is the basis for the rest of the books it's the basis for two three four five six seven things that happen in the first book still would play out in other books past it so not that i read past five or even most of five because those are words on a page what i'm not what that's bullshit Um, this is a manga as i said during our like one of our like last phone calls like i uh order of the phoenix is like 830 pages long like i don't blame you for not reading it you're not me you know it's crazy because like when i i remember when so you know so i was you know like i said fourth grade when i got the first book so by the time i had finished the first book i think the second book was being released in 2000 possibly um and we you know got them as we they came out and eventually my mom did start reading them and she became engrossed and entrenched with this mythology and this this story of this child and it was great to like read also my mom's a july birthday so i wonder if that has anything to do with it but uh, what's interesting is your 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 mom and harry are on like opposite ends of like july because he's like so clearly a leo and like yes and she's very much a cancer this is this is an astrology is fun podcast okay so is, relax y'all this is what we pull from about 60 different sources and we don't <laughs> check them and we're like well it doesn't matter it's a podcast breathe in all right ronald <laughs> ron's like oh but i like the butterfly <laughs> i like the father the butterflies my favorite joke in the entire in the in all of the harry potter films is when it's it's the first it's the first movie, right? Where he's like, Why did it have to be follow the spiders? Why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, Man Ron, that's a hard same right there. Yeah, I know. And they they started Ron off as a great character and then they besmirched his character and I have a lot of feelings about that. Which we won't completely touch on because the point of this podcast is not to give you a synopsis of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. No, I'm certain that. you know what it's about. Y'all know if you what it's don't, about. Go to Wikipedia.com and Google. Did I just do? Okay, you know what? We're gonna stop talking now, Megan. <laughs> Megan, it's Wikipedia.org. Wikipedia.google.com. <laughs> Homestyle10.net. It's .com. <laughs> Man, I can't. It's just. It, it, what's so lovely, though, is that, uh, you know, if you share these opinions, we'd love to, you know, continue to commiserate with other people who are like, man, it was so hopeful. I remember that 1999 summer where I just sat in bed all day and read instead of, you know, cried and ate candy for 16 hours because it's a quarantine. But, you know, it's fine. It's good because, like, these are these are the these are the. A lot of this stuff that we'll be talking about in terms of the fandom is not going to be like, oh, yes, you wouldn't guess what happened on Riverdale last week. Um, Archie was a bitch because I have no idea if Archie is a bitch. I really didn't even know why they decided to make a TV show like that. But none of the fandom that we're going to be discussing is going to be new, modern, relevant fandom. Like, hey, were you really nerdy in 2004? We got a podcast for you. Essentially. Like, (laughs) so... Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. And so we'll pick up uh, next episode from, I'd say, Harry uh, meeting Ron and Hermione, right? Yeah, basically. 
Uh, mm. That's that's the most important. And uh, Draco Draco Malfoy, his arch nemesis slash secret boyfriend. I'm so. very excited for this. Um, and if we do get like further into you know more of Harry Potter, uh, like the, like we end up finishing the first book. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll let you know. But next week's not going to be on Harry Potter. It's probably going to be on the first season of Game of Thrones, which I'm going to go through in about six and a half minutes. Uh, tell you, it's great, but uh, at this point, just, I don't even know why you want to, why you want to invest yourself in that. That's like building a 10,000 piece puzzle, only to find out, like, the last third corner of the puzzle is just entirely, like, made of, of hardened pieces of shit. So. <laughs> no, it's it's more like it's more like you've spent all this time creating this puzzle, and then when you're about to complete the last corner of the puzzle, your dog eats it. <laughs> you know what? Dog eats it implies that there was an outside force that caused it to be terrible. And let me tell you, there was just sabotage from within. As a fan of that television show and book, they were like. You know what? Uh, yeah, I don't like this story anymore. All right, let's wrap it up in six episodes. All right, everybody, we got you. Got you want to go on Dunkin' Run? We're going Dunkin' Run. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> awesome. All right, everyone, stay safe and stay. Please stay. Stay, stay the fuck inside if you can. Yeah, Dur- listen to this. Maybe watch uh, all thirty-five hours of Harry Potter. Come on back. We'll come, be here. Come on down. We'll be back. Um, if you want to uh, send us an email, uh, dearfandompodcast at gmail dot com. Tell us about your experience with Harry Potter. You know, whether you read it as a kid, whether you started as an adult, whether you fucking hate Harry Potter. And yeah, think we'd it's love stupid. to hear some dissenting opinions because that's truly what this is all about. Because my favorite thing is just saying things that are so off kilter for Harry Potter and just being like yeah yeah but but what if Hagrid actually was a small tiny Eggman mm. <laughs> small like, tiny Eggman it's like, just Danny DeVito it's I'm the trash man <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah thanks thank you guys um, also thank you from me because I'm here too <laughs> yes and Megan is equally if not more important that's uh, an she- absolute lie. Uh, I just want to <laughs> say I love you, Hillary, and I love you guys. And uh, like Hillary said, stay safe, and we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.